All right, thank you so much for tuning in to Forward Thinking Founders. This is the podcast where we highlight undiscovered talent. We're scanning Y Combinator, Pioneer, Product Hunt, Twitter, Indie Hackers, all these different networks to find really interesting founders and interesting projects and startups. And we feature them on the podcast before you've probably heard of any of them. And what's great about this is you get to follow along on their journey as they become more and more successful and say, I knew them when. So thank you so much for tuning in to Forward Thinking Founders. And let's get into our next founder you haven't heard of, but you will. All right. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Kaya Frazier, who is the founder CEO of Kai XR. Welcome to the show. How's it going? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. This is definitely a very interesting company. You, as I told you before, we 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 got we got started recording. You're combining like education and virtual mixed reality into one. I'm like, that's my life pretty much. So for people <laughs> that don't know, you know what I'm talking about or know what Kai XR is, can you please? Um, just talk about what it is and what you're working on. Sure, no problem. So like I said, my name is Kai Frazier, founder and CEO of Kai XR. We are a kid-friendly uh, VR platform where kids can explore, dream, and create. And diving into that a little bit further, on our platform, kids can explore our VR field trips, but they can also improve their tech skills by creating their very own uh, VR adventures. So we like to say that we um, we give educators, uh, parents, students, we give them all an accessible path to being early adopters of mixed reality. So this, I have so many questions. So let's start with who, okay, so let's say a teacher or like a school decides to adopt Kai XR, can you kind of walk through and like a, a child gets a chance to, to get a headset and, and go through an experience? Can you just kind of talk about the user experience um, for, for a student and, you know, what they're able to do and, and kind of how it all works a little in detail? Sure, that's Perfect. So for our, uh, we have a web-based company, so no app needed. Uh, we work on any headset or device. And even if you don't have a headset, you can still use our uh, product, which is great. Um, and that's why we're striving for accessibility. Um, once you go onto the site, uh, you will log in. Um, and we have three tiers. So explore, dream, and create are our tiers. So explore, you can explore VR field trips. So you can go select a, a video you want to watch. You can watch it on your smartphone. You can watch it on your desktop, laptop. Um, but if you want an immersive experience, uh, we are a mobile-based company as well. So you can pull it up on your smartphone, put it into a cardboard headset, um, and you can watch it directly from there. Um, we also sell cardboard headsets. So we have VR Steam kits, and that comes with um, Kai XR cardboard. You get a notebook, pencil, you can take notes on everything you're seeing, um, uh, and some cool Kai XR swag we have in there for you. One of my favorite things, you can decorate the headsets for stickers so you can kind of make it look all cool and everything for kids. Um, so that's the first part, this explore page of our site. The dream part, um, we call it like our VR dream world. So you can basically drag and drop onto a plane, a 360 experience. Um, so the more you drag and drop, you can go directly into your VR world. You can put the headset right back on and see what you've made. 
there's no coding requiring, just getting used to thinking on a three-dimension plane like that. And then the last part of our um, platform is Create. And Create is where you create, create the VR from scratch. So that means, you know, if I'm going to have floor, uh, I'm going to put the floor down, what texture will it be, what color will it be, what will the walls look like, that you can build from scratch. It's still drag and drop, but you're thinking about more on the accesses, the planes you're working on, spawn points, a lot of these things that you didn't have to go deeper into in the last one. So what we do is we offer um, stepping stones of getting into VR um, and a stepping stone in a way that kids can go from more of, from moving from being consumers of VR, but actually being producers of VR. So they can get their feet wet watching VR. They can have a little drag and drop fun stuff with the dream space, and then they can actually start to create it. And if they can get through all of that, maybe one day they will want to start creating on Unity or Unreal or some more expensive VR headsets and things like that. So we're their first touch point. Yeah, this is, this is awesome. This is more awesome than the website looks, and the website looks pretty awesome. So uh, it's so cool. Oh, yeah, we're here. everything is changing tonight. So everything's yeah. going to relaunch. It'll make a lot more sense. Well, so, well, no, the, the website's still awesome as well, but it's cool to he hear you talk about it. So are you, I guess I'm having trouble mentally um, putting you in a category. Are you like an education, are you the, a company that's providing education, or do you go into educational institutions and provide like an augmented education? How, how do you kind of see yourself in the educational world, um, at least now, and like maybe how, how will that change over time? Yeah, that's a really interesting question since the whole educational world has basically changed overnight right now. So um, because of the way I had to function, um, I've been a bootstrap company for a very long time. So when you're selling into a school cycle, uh, you traditionally have one time to sell it to that school cycle. And if you miss it, you miss it the way to the next year pretty much. So I never could put all my eggs in one basket. So I couldn't be the school solution. So we decided we would be the school solution, the homeschool solution, the parent solution. Uh, uh, the children's hospital solution. Uh, so what we do is we have our services so anybody can jump on um, and use it to however they want to. So we have teachers that have want to use it for after school programs. We now have teachers who want to use it for virtual after school programs um, and summer camps and things like that. We have teachers that want to use it as their STEM curriculum. So how can they have a class about teaching VR? So we try to make it pretty much open so you can use it the way that it makes sense in your classroom or your learning environment, wherever that may be. And why VR, like why, wh what about VR is interesting to you? I can tell you're super passionate about it. You know, so what's the kind of the background behind your interest in VR? Sure, so you know, what's interesting is um, I am, I tell people that VR is a learning tool. It's one learning tool. And for me personally, it's the strongest learning tool I've seen for kids. Um, one of my favorite stats is when kids use VR, um, they usually have a 90% comprehension rate when they're learning new things for the first time, as opposed to pencil and paper, it's 40%. So from a teacher, I'm excited about it because it helps um, with their academic comprehension, but it also gives them an exposure um, to a lot of things that weren't normally capable, like they couldn't see. So for example, maybe I have a kid who wants to go into um, uh, being a career as making mixed reality, for example. One of our VR experiences, how do you make mixed reality? Um, so they can see that and jump around and they can know what they may have an interest in doing and what they may not have interest in doing. That's important too. Um, so for me, we changed the company to KaiXR so we could continue to journey into different mixed reality. So we can add augmented reality um, to our stuff. We can, you know, we don't know what that looks like. That's what we say XR. Um, 
But I'm also very clear of people, if a new learning tool comes along that's really great and has the same, you know, uh, um, can do some great things with kids too, I'm all for that too. I'm looking for tools that help my kids succeed in the classroom and beyond. And you might have mentioned this, but I maybe didn't fully understand. So you're allowing, for that third phase, you were talking about the third product um, where mm -hmm. the students are able to, where the kids are able to play, to build their own experiences. But you, you mentioned that maybe eventually they can build in Unity or build mm -hmm. in Unreal. Um, I'm curious, did you, did you create your own light version of Unity? Or like, how are they, can you, like, how'd you enable something in between nothing and unity i guess i may not know the space that well so i'd love to hear how you did that sure that's really is a really great question so the funny thing is when i was working with vr um there was an epiphany for me when i was going into schools that i would have failed if i didn't teach kids how to make the vr a lot of the kids were asking like how do i make my own game this is cool but now i want to make it and i had nothing for them so i spent a lot of time just you know scouring the internet for anything i could find that was great that can work with kids who maybe don't have a parent at home that understands coding and can really you know champion them on so what happens if a kid's like a latchkey kid and has to figure this stuff out and maybe has emotional problems and things like that, which were a lot of my students. Um, so I found different coding things that were code games and that was still a strain for my students. Um, so that was, we saw that wasn't gonna be the home run. And then I kept looking and I saw some Mozilla products, uh, two of their products in particular that were really not so much of a use case, more of a developer tool to get people into VR. Um, and when I saw it, I said, oh my God, this is it. This is, this works of kids. There's no coding, it's collaborative, it's safe. Um, for a lot of VR rooms, like social VR rooms, you can just drop into any room. You don't know who's in the room. There could be a pedophile in the room, the kids, like you don't know any of this stuff. But for this one, you had to put a code in. Um, so you, you could um, control who was in the room. Um, and it gave a lot of parents a uh, peace of mind for that too. So I was using the program to get kids interested. And out of nowhere one day, we got a email from Mozilla and, uh, and they were asking if we could talk more about just collaboration. Um, and the way that came to be is there was a coder uh, at Mozilla whose dad was a teacher in St. Louis. And his dad saw an article about my work and was like, we need this for our kids, um, you have to help her. And then him being two months into Mozilla, um, Thomas, he advocated on my behalf to do a collaboration with us. So we got a call of all the heads of Mozilla Mixed Reality out of nowhere, not even knowing that we were using their stuff really. Um, there, was a, there was a father basically who just made this call, and made this ask. So once it came down to us, it was a perfect fit. So we've been working with them to see how we can can modify this tool for everybody and really make it an educational tool. And that's been a lot of work because we have to cut out a lot of things that maybe are not COPA compliant. Maybe uh, if you if you work with middle school boys, for example, you can see a lot of things and where it's going to go. Um, for example, one of the tools on this platform was a pen, like a drawing pen. And if you know kids and you give them a drawing pen, you get some crazy things drawn over the first five seconds. Uh, so just trying to like uh, get ahead of certain things that kids may do. And this really take an educational lens to it. So we have um, made a lot of modifications to the developer tools. So it will work with uh, kids from all backgrounds and it's a safe space for them. For example, a lot of these spaces, if you want to make VR, maybe 
You can find every weapon you can want in, a, in an arsenal on this site. So we've had to go through it, comb through every single thing to make sure that kids can't get into too much trouble. It's kid-friendly, it's safe. Um, and that's where we got the um, the help with the makerspace. With the VR uh, content that's been, uh, in addition to curating content, uh, we've made sure that we made uh, we make content as well. So we also have a mini production arm that we go out and we film different content. Right now, we're finishing up our latest VR content, which is CRISPR, the gene editing technology. Um, and that was to highlight women in STEM. Um, so that's really cool. So we try to make just uh, diverse uh, VR experiences and just to make this well-rounded, kid-friendly, safe platform for them. And you mentioned that you've been bootstrapping for a while. I know actually a ton of other VR founders that um, that are, everyone's really impressive. Anyone that's able to build on VR right now and build a company in the space is like has the chops. My experience um, when I have talked to like investors about VRs, they're like, oh, like it's not there yet. It's not there yet. Although like I, you know, kind of like I have my own opinions on that. I'd like to hear like, have you, have you tried to, is this something you want to be venture scale? Have, have you wanted to raise? Yeah. If, if so, like what's been your experience on like the VR block for investors? And if not, um, then um, I'd love to hear kind of what, what, what you do plan on doing with, uh, with the company as it grows. Sure. So I, before we even get into the VR block, I'll tell you, we have a lot of other things stacked against us. So I think the first stat is something like only 0.2% of black women raise venture capital funding. That's the first one Then I think it's something like only, I think there's less than 40 black women who've raised more than a million dollars in venture capital, I think ever. Um, so that's another like just dismal stat to where things are. And then on top of that, EdTech is not a really sexy category when it comes to venture. So there's been a huge boom and bust that was happening, you know, like 2014 and beyond. So a lot of people don't want to invest into EdTech companies until it's not risky at all. Like it's already making close to a million dollars. That's another thing we have. And then two, we are categorized as a social impact company. So a social impact, that's not always seen as making large returns. Therefore, it's not sexy to investors. Um, you combine all of that and then say we're doing VR. So it's been a very challenging field. So we've been bootstrapped up until our recent um, Techstars investment. That was our first investment in January. Um, and then we just recently won an um, uh, investment from a uh, CEO Ventures. It's a, a organization out of, uh, I mean, they have uh, wings in US, Canada, New Zealand, and Australia. So that was um, money that was extremely helpful. And we have not officially kicked off a fundraising round. We've gotten these two recent awards, but uh, so now uh, with our demo day coming up with Techstars, we have to see what that looks like. And it's really interesting because we're in a space of COVID right now where a lot of people are unable to write all of their hockey stick projection charts just you know went straight to the dumps with COVID. Um, so we are in a very unique situation where we have a solution that is I don't want to say COVID resistant, but it's it's solving a really big gap that COVID produced. We were always trying to make our content so accessibility was a uh, um, a priority and not an afterthought. Um, and with COVID, it was a priority for everybody overnight as parents became homeschool teachers. Um, and that goes back to is this a school solution? We never intentionally made it just for schools because we had issues getting into schools. So by always thinking our customer, our main customer will be parents. When parents became homeschool educators, we almost, we basically didn't have to change our business model. 
uh, because they are still the teachers right now. Um, so a lot of things have worked in our favor. So now with our launch um, this week, we have to put our money where our mouth is and see what will happen and see if we can get people on our platform and we can make these rapid iterations. So um, when I'm looking in the ed tech market right now in COVID, everybody's trying to get activities out for, you know, kids so they can learn really fast. There's different um, education platforms and we are education platforms, but I don't see too many that are focusing on the much needed extracurricular uh, stuff. So um, for example, field trips can't happen for anybody right now, but there's such a huge part of education. One of my other favorite stats is that kids that go on field trips are 95% more likely to graduate from high school. Although since 2010, 50% of schools don't take field trips anymore. With COVID, 100% of schools don't take them. So we're one of the rare companies that are still giving um, kids that opportunity and then when you get into vr companies most are not maker spaces uh from everything we've seen we're a first to market uh vr platform with a maker space so they can you know go back and forth to from consuming to producing so we're really excited with the unique opportunity that we're in with this launch and let's look out for a little let's say you launch it goes great you have a hundred launchers in between now and a decade from now they're all great like every everything just works in your favor um, you know, what would this look like? What could this look like? What will this look like in a decade or two? I guess my question is, what is the big vision uh, for for this company? And, you know, what will it look like when it gets there? Sure. So I usually catch people off guard with this one. My best case scenario for my company is that, you know, in five, 10 years, we have lots of kids that make their own companies and they have tech skills so they can actually do that and scale their companies and work together to doing this. Um, for example, people always say like, why isn't VR taking off? I don't even do a lot of VR experiences because it's rare for me to find VR experiences that I want to do. And if I'm looking for VR experiences that look like me, a lot of them are refugee camps and things like that. Um, and I don't always want to see a refugee camp. You know, so when I ask kids what they want to see, it's completely different. So I'm hoping that we are giving the next generation the tools they need to make the learning, the experiences, uh, and the economic mobility um, to get into that, that tech uniquely brings to uh, the world. Even right now, um, if we have kids who are making uh, virtual reality companies and COVID strikes, that's a virtual company when everybody's looking for a virtual solution. So what does that look like? Um, for a lot of these kids, it's just sparking the idea in their mind. So if you spark it, they go beyond VR. So we're hoping that we are an entry point for kids to start thinking about what tech looks like and how do they make solutions for their communities and how can they work together to make those solutions? Yeah, this is, I, I have a, I'd like to think like it, with my optimistic view that like you're, like at one, you know, once you once TechStars is done, you have Demo Day. Like investors will be like be flocking to invest because you just have this like what you people probably told you about told you this already, but you have this like confidence on the like, aura of like I'm a badass. This is what I'm doing. This is dope. And like I don't know, it's just a good founder. It's a good founder trait. I really like it. Um, I that <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, no problem. No, it's just I, I mean, it's just um, I don't know. It's just this energy, and I think when you're a founder you need energy because you're talking to a billion people all the time and they're, you know, good impressions mattered for everyone, right? For employees, for investors, customers, kids, et cetera. Anyways, for the last question of the podcast, you know, you have a lot of uh, stuff going on. You have really exciting stuff going on. Is there anything that the listeners can do to help you or is there an ask that, that you have that someone listening might be able to assist with? 
Sure. So our ask is we're launching this week. So as of next week, we will be up and running. So every day there's new features coming to the site. Um, so I, everybody, if you can go to www.kixr.com, you can go uh, check out the site. If you have parents who are pulling their hair out, don't know what to do with their kids, send them to our site so they can um, have something for the kids to do. We also have VR Steam Kits or VR headsets. So if you want a headset for the kids, especially younger kids, who you don't want to give like a maybe an Oculus Quest to, um, or kids that are prone to break things, uh, cardboard is an amazing place to start. Um, so you know, please go to the side. And then, as on a profession, on a business ask, um, we're always looking for ad credits. Um, you know, as COVID strikes, we're trying to be as lean as possible. Uh, we have to do advertising just to get to different people um, who don't even know VR is an option, and that gets to be expensive. So if there's ever ad credits that are out there, Facebook, LinkedIn, Google. Google ads, anything, please think about me and you can find a contact me form on the page. And we would love to talk more about that. That's a small ask, so that's very helpful when it comes to um, getting the word out in different communities that are usually overlooked. Um, also on our site, uh, since we're a social impact company, our structure is to give back. So when you buy a subscription on our account, we give one back to for free. Um, same thing on our site, we have donations. So if you want to donate a VR Steam kit, we have kids all day who are waiting for something and we make sure we give those back to uh, different uh, people who can't afford them. Um, so any web traffic on our site is much appreciated. Uh, so thank you in advance. All right. Well, Kai, thank you for coming on. I really enjoyed the conversation. What you're working on is phenomenal. And I look forward to seeing the, the success and the progress and getting involved, you know, however else I can, especially we'll can talk offline, but like I work for an education company and it's totally some collab ops there for sure. So, but regardless, thanks for coming on and I wish you, wish you best of luck. Sounds great. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you everyone for tuning into that episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. And luckily there's another one coming up real soon. But before then, I have a couple things to tell you. First, if you're listening to this and you think you're working on something cool or you think you're smart, hit me up on Twitter. I am at Matt underscore Sherman. And that is Matt with one T. So hit me up, shoot me a DM. And I'm happy to check out what you're working on and maybe we can get you on the pod. But at the very least, I'm happy to give you feedback on your product or project or startup. Lastly, if you can please rate this podcast in the iTunes store, that would be awesome. I'm trying to get up in the rankings so more people can discover these awesome founders. And the only way to do that or one of the ways to do that is growing with rankings. So if you liked what you're listening to, please just go onto the iTunes store and give it five stars or four, you know, or three. I'm not going to tell you what to give, but just tell whatever I deserve, you should rate that. With that, I'm signing off. See you next time. Bye.